David said in, in the Psalms, he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Uh, it is a privilege to meet with the people of God. Uh, I also think of David's time when he was away from the temple. He was running from Saul. And the scripture says that as he was running from Saul, he went into a cave there and he encouraged himself in his God. Uh, another time it says that Jonathan came and ministered to him there. So we have personal time with God, but there's something special about Christian fellowship. Uh, and whether that is just two or three, or whether that is a number of people in a church building uh, as, as today, um, God uses the assembly of his people in a special way. Uh, there's something that happens in assembly. One of the things is, uh, God has given us all different gifts to use. Uh, you may have speaking gifts like encouragement or teaching or something along those lines. Or you may have ministering gifts like mercy uh, or service. But when we come together as a church of God, it gives us an opportunity to use these gifts to bless each other. Uh, and also gives us the opportunity to be blessed through the gifts of others. And so uh, it is truly an edifying thing. Uh, I remember when I was in the military and I would come and, and uh, attend my local church there where I was stationed. And how God would encourage me uh, through the ministry of the preaching and the music. and uh, But also the fellowship. Uh, we had these two ladies that... Um, took an interest in, in Sherry and me, and uh, they just welcomed us and would ask about us, uh, how are y'all doing, what's going on in your life, you know, and, but, but just this, this time spent with God's people was so edifying in my life, I'm so grateful for it. Well, the scripture we're looking at today comes from Colossians chapter 3, and uh, it is, uh, Paul's been talking, okay, you need to put off these types of activities in your life and put on these things in your life and serve the Lord in these ways. Uh, but now he's saying, look, uh, you need to worship God as an assembly. Uh, you need to gather together, and as you gather together, this is what you need to do. Uh, and so he shifted a little bit, uh, and uh, this instruction is what we're going to look at tonight. And he says, we need to delight to worship together in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so the title of my message is The Delight of Worshiping Together. And Look with me at verse 16 of Colossians 3. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So the delight of worshiping together. What delight are we to find when we worship? Well, some people say, well, you know, I don't really delight when I go to church. Uh, I remember a, a season of time in my life uh, where I dreaded going to church because of the conflict and the discord that was going on at that season of time in my life. 
But praise God, that is not the norm. Uh, the, the assembly of meeting together with God's people as we allow the Holy Spirit to use us and as we love each other can be one of the most healing, edifying uh, blessings that we could have this side of heaven. And so that's what he's talking about, the delight of worshiping together. What delight are we to find as we meet together for worship? First of all, we need to delight in rich truth. We need to delight in rich truth. In verse 16, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. Uh, so, the word of Christ is to dwell among you. And so, it's not just that the word of God is to be preached, although that's definitely a part of it. But the word of God was to be a topic of discussion when they met together. Uh, we have an opportunity to do this through Sunday school, through the small group Bible studies that we do. Um, and uh, even like on a Wednesday night Bible study as we pray and, 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 uh, and spend time in God's Word. These are small group type things where we discuss God's Word. But also, uh, we can do that under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. If, uh, if you know of somebody who is struggling in their life, God may uh, lead you to share a scripture that would encourage them. Uh, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And so you share that scripture to edify that other believer. Or perhaps uh, you might do like my mother used to do with me when I was a little boy. Uh, when somebody needs a rebuke and say, the way of the transgressor is hard. That would be a way to use scripture uh, to edify, because both through rebuke and through encouragement, but also in comfort. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Isn't that a great scripture for our comfort? And so uh, we can use the word of God to bring edification to each other in the body of Christ. And as we meet together, that needs to be a main attraction, uh, the word of God. Now, this is not just limited to the weekly worship services of the church. This can be used in your family time. This can be used in relationships of people who know Christ out during the week. Even people that are lost can benefit from the Word of God. Uh, Bill Fay, in, in his training, Share Jesus Without Fear, uh, shares how he would open the Word of God and would point to a verse and have a lost person read that verse. And he says, what does that mean? And the person would tell him, and if they didn't get it, he would say, read it again. And, they would read, and he would be praying while they were reading the Scripture, Lord, illumine their heart and mind. And, and when they would get it, he would move on to the next verse. And, and uh, use the Word of God to pierce through uh, the spiritual blindness that's there so that that person can understand the truth of God's Word and give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Um, I think it's interesting that he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So it's not just the word of, of Christ that's being used, but we're to let God's word dwell richly in us. It needs to be a part of our thinking. Uh, that, that requires us spending time in God's word during the week, but also, I think, to, to think about God's word on more than a surface level. Uh, to let God's Word dwell richly in you, it might be good to ask good questions. 
why is this here? What purpose did God have? Why did God intend this to be in the Scripture? And what is God saying to me today through this Scripture? Or uh, how does this verse fit with this verse? And you begin to think about it. I've really wrestled at times. Okay, how does, how does this fit with this? It doesn't seem to make sense together. And then as you begin to think about that and meditate upon that, and God opens your eyes as you pray, Lord, open my eyes, help me understand this truth, then the light bulb comes on, and there's a truth there. There's a blessing there. So um, let the Word of God dwell richly in you. I think also uh, recognizing that as we come to the Word of God, uh, God can show us new things. Uh, you know, it's not like one of those books that you read once and you think, okay, I've read that book and I don't want to read it again. It's a one-timer, okay? Or if you watch movies, I've watched that movie and it's a one-timer. I'm not going to watch that movie again. No, the Scripture, as you come back to it, time and time and time again, the riches of God's Word, there's a new nugget to find. I had a friend in Texas who used to say, I'm going to go dig for nuggets. Uh, and he was talking about gold nuggets uh, of God's Word. And so uh, as you come to God's Word, even a, a scripture you may have read 50, 100 times, as you come back to that and as you ask God to speak to your heart, God can show you new truth. And He can refresh you with old truth. Um, it's like the, uh, the child that said, you know, I've already heard that before. Well, sometimes we need to be reminded, and God will remind us of a spiritual truth to edify us through His Word. One other thing that is great to help the Word of God dwell richly in us is to memorize Scripture. Uh, this is something that, that happens for me as I read a Scripture over and over again. Sometimes as I think or meditate on a Scripture, uh, over time, I've got it, and I don't even realize I I memorized it. It's just there uh, because I've thought so much about it and I've, I've uh, considered it so much. Uh, but, but also, you can take a 3 by 5 card or, or even use an app on, a, on an iPhone or something uh, that has Scripture memory. I've got one of those apps on my phone, and, and it, will, it will do flashcards for you. It will tell you the reference, and you can click on it. It will flip over and tell you what the verse is. And as you hide God's Word in your heart, it's there. And you can meditate on it if, if you're struggling with fear. You can meditate on a scripture like God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so you get the idea. So, uh, but we're to delight in rich truth, and that needs to be a part of our worshiping together. Uh, discussion is so important in this, and, and, and allowing each other to speak into each other's lives. So... Uh, the delight of worshiping together. What delight are we to find? First of all, delight in rich truth. Secondly, delight in heartfelt worship. Delight in heartfelt worship. Now, I recognize that just about anything that we do in service for God can be worship. But here, he's talking about music. Uh, he says in verse 16, he says, uh, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So uh, these different kinds of, of music can be lifted up from our hearts to God. Um, 
You remember Jesus' discussion with the Samaritan woman. Uh, he, he says, uh, you know, uh, you've got uh, five husbands, and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. Oh, I perceive you're a prophet. Well, then they kind of get off that topic, and she says, well, you Jews say, we're going we're gonna to worship at Jerusalem, and, and, and we as Samaritans say, we're worshiping at Mount Gerizim. Uh, which is it? And, and Jesus says, look, the Father, the time is coming when the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is not going to be concerned under the new covenant so much about which mountain you're worshiping on. Okay, It's the attitude of your heart that you're worshiping in accordance with God's word, but also worshiping from the heart. Now, a lot's been made of the different the psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and I've seen some people who take these pretty much as synonyms and, and, and uh, don't speak much further about them. Uh, but some have said the psalms uh, could be um, scriptures, uh, scriptures that are sung to God, like, a, like we find in the book of Psalms. Uh, hymns would be songs about the Lord. Spiritual songs would be songs that we just... Uh, as the Holy Spirit uh, moves someone, maybe to pin something that uh, is a blessing, uh, we use that and we sing that song to the Lord. So uh, I, think, I think it's important to recognize, too, that worship is about what the lyrics say. Okay? Now, I recognize that you may worship better with a certain genre. Okay? All of us are different. But worship is about the lyrics. Why? Because, number one, you're talking to God, right? So as you're talking to God, you're, you're going to praise God for who He is. You're going to talk about His greatness or the majesty of His name or His power. Uh, there's, there's some great songs about these things. Um, but you're also thanking God for the things that He's done. And so um, you could do this in prayer, but as you do it in music, and as you focus on this in music, as you're thinking about these lyrics, what is it that God has done? Maybe you're singing a song about something that God has, does for us as Christians, okay? And you just breathe a, a silent prayer to God. Lord, I thank you for doing that for me. Uh, songs about the blood and redemption um, just bless me because I, the longer I'm a Christian, the more I appreciate the sacrificial work of Jesus at the cross and when I, when I sing one of those songs, I just think, thank you, Jesus, for the blood that you shed for me so I could be forgiven. And, and I just get excited about that. Uh, but uh, uh, the idea is that we're, we're singing this heartfelt. And I remember as a teenager uh, kind of being frustrated, thinking, well, you know, I'm not really into this genre of music. But um, God just kind of convicted me and said, well, who's this about? Is this about you and your preference? Or is this about me? And so um, I had to kind of say, well, Lord, I've been acting like it's about me. But it really is about you. Please forgive me for that. And uh, God encouraged me to focus on the lyrics of the song. And it enabled me to be able to worship God even with a genre that I wasn't really crazy about. Now, that doesn't mean you can't. Worship in your personal time with God in the genre that you like, or that we can even sing the genre that you like in our church. But what it does mean is um, that you're not bound to a certain type of genre to praise God. And um, it, 
we're all going to be together in heaven, aren't we? I kind of wonder sometimes how that's going to go. You know, you've got your uh, classical music people over here and your high church. And then you've got your uh, contemporary Christian and you've got your traditional hymn. How's all that going to work? Then you've got Bill Gaither's group over here. Are we just going to alternate? Maybe that will provide some great variety. I don't know. I I realize I'm talking just about our generation, right? That doesn't even take into account all the generations. Uh, maybe not with classical music, but so uh, the idea is whatever you're singing, that you're singing, delighting in who God is, exalting His name, thanking Him for the good things that He's done, and delighting to be able to express your heart to God. That's the attitude with which you come to worship. Sometimes you may struggle with that. Uh, I remember one time I got chewed out. Not here, okay. But I got chewed out right before service. And I'm coming in there, and I'm half wanting to punch somebody in the nose. And it's time to worship. And I'm thinking, God, I am just not in the frame of mind to worship. Please help me change my heart. Help me focus upon you. But, but it wasn't too much longer. God began to help me get involved in the worship. So the Holy Spirit is a part of this, and he can empower us to do this. But this is something that we're to do. We're to delight in heartfelt worship. So delight in rich truth, delight in heartfelt worship. Thirdly, delight in helping others. Verse 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. You and I are part of the body of Christ, right? In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, he says, The hand can't save the foot, I don't need you, and so forth. Uh, we, all, we all need each other. But also, we're all connected to the head. We're connected to Jesus Christ. So whatever we do in service for other people, we need to do as representatives of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be in the name of Christ. Um, so that means you may be cooking a meal for somebody who's, who's had a loved one die. You do that in the name of Jesus Christ, and uh, God bless you, and, and, uh, and you pray for that person, and you ask that God would use that meal to bring uh, some, some joy to their life. Uh, uh, or if you're sweeping a floor, Lord, let this floor be clean to the glory of God, and let it be a blessing to your people. And so, you, you know, the idea is that we do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, Listen, the service that we do for Christ should be the best service we do of any service we ever would do in this this world. We ought to be good workers. We ought to be diligent at work uh, in the community. But I want to tell you something. What we do for Christ needs to be done in the name of Jesus as his representative to the best, uh, not only the best of our ability, but beyond our ability through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to pray over it, and we need to ask God, to serve through us or to speak through us. He says, whatever you do in word or deed. Some people have more service-oriented gifts. Uh, I was talking with another pastor at a funeral recently, and he was talking about this lady that um, he, he had been her pastor and so forth, and he said, this lady was just a real servant. And uh, she blessed other people constantly through service. And I said, boy, you can't do without people like that. 
I mean, people who serve in the background, they are the backbone of a church. Uh, they may not get a whole lot of kudos, but praise God for them, because uh, where would we be as churches without people like that? Um, but but the, the flip side of that is, uh, he says, in word or in deed. So you can also serve in word. Whatever you do, in word or in deed. The other types of gifts are speaking gifts. Or you edify other people through what you say. It could be a teaching gift or a pastor teacher or an encourager. Uh, you know, any, any kind of speaking gift. Um, just, just uh, I love people that encourage other people, don't you? Because you get encouraged. You get around them, you get encouraged. <laughs> That's always a blessing. And so, uh, do it as a representative of Christ. Did you know God has called you to this church? He has called you to serve in this church. Whether that is an act of service or that is a spoken word done in service of the Lord, your role is critical to the body of Christ. Otherwise, why would he send you to this church, right? So when you serve, whether in word or in deed, do it with a sense of purpose, recognizing how important it is to the kingdom of God. I mean, it's critical to the kingdom of God. Jesus said the hand can't do without the foot. Somebody once said, well, you know, 20, 20% uh, of the church are those who come regularly. Does that mean we're missing out on 80% of the gifts of the people of the body of Christ? I wonder, what could the church do if 100% of the people came and served? What could the church do if 100% of the people tithed and honored God with the first fruit of their increase? This is such an important thing. So when you serve God, recognize the importance of it and delight in it. As you serve them, you serve Christ. As you honor Christ by serving them, Christ will honor you. And so delight in helping others. And so delight in rich truth. So delight in worshiping together. Uh, what delight are we to find? Delight in rich truth. Delight in heartfelt worship. Delight in helping others. And delight in gratitude. Last phrase here, he says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Gratitude is to be the mark of the assembly of God's people. Now, I, I know that the Bible says the world will tell that we're Christians by our love. And so love is a chief characteristic. But delight in gratitude is to be the attitude with which we come together. A lot of times people come together for worship and they want to gripe, right? Ha, ah, you know, it's, I don't like this teacher or look at what that person's wearing or, uh, you know, uh, what's the preacher thinking preaching on that topic? Uh, uh, man, what, what, what's the music director thinking picking that song, you know? And, and uh, people are, are griping and complaining. That's the furthest thing from what our attitude should be. Listen, if you're a child of God, this day, God has covered your sin. You have the hope of eternal life. Jesus could come at any moment and take you out of this crazy place. Uh, if you're a child of God, you have the living God walking with you each and every day. 
And as you come together to meet with God's people, he's going to edify you. Uh, the attitude of gratitude is something we need to cultivate in our lives. And we can do that by a simple choice of our will. And we choose. You know, many times I've struggled with attitude or whatever the case, there are circumstances going on. And um, I'll just say, okay, Lord, whatever's going on, I just thank you that you're my God and that I can trust you. I thank you that you've been faithful to me in the past. I thank you, Lord, that you don't change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. My circumstances may be different, but you haven't changed. You're still God. You're still sovereign. You're still on your throne. Can I tell you something? There's a shift that happens in my heart. And I go from distress and anxiety to worship and his peace. And it happens to a choice to be thankful. So, um, delight in gratitude and recognize the blessing of worshiping together. Um, I just want to encourage you as God's people, we've been given a great blessing to be able to be in the house of the Lord today and to see each other and talk with each other and pray for each other. And never take that for granted. Delight in it. Ask God to give you a heart to delight in Him and to delight in serving others. And uh, as we do that, I think we're preparing for heaven. What a delight that's going to be. Someday when we get to, this is worship service little w. Okay, I realize they don't spell it that way. But just that, that is the case though. Because this is just a hint. This is just a shadow uh, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. You want to talk about a worship service. When we get to heaven and we're standing before the Father and the Lamb and we're worshiping God with thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000, lifting our voices in worship to God. Listen, I want to tell you, I get excited just thinking about it. It is going to be awesome. So delight in worship now in anticipation of that day. Consider this our practice for that day when we get to meet our great Savior. Uh, what a delight that will be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to delight in worshiping together. Uh, Lord, let us delight to worship.